I also want to take the time to welcome all of my members that are listening from my podcast, wherever you might be listening to the podcast from, including Google and Apple and Stitcher and so, so many other places you can find it. And that is Let's Write Steno. So as you guys know that um, if you have been watching me lately and I've got a bunch of new subscribers, thank you all for helping me. But before I get to that, um, if you've been watching lately or listening lately, you know that I am streaming both at the same time. I am doing my Anchor podcast the same time I am doing my YouTube video. So you can find both of them. Um, you can find the YouTube video on Sandra's Stenography as Shorthand Dictation. And that would be Sandra's Steno for short. And uh, you can also find this same episode on Anchor or, as I said, all of the major podcast um, players, including some that are not so major, including Lipson and um, so many others. So just type in Let's Write Steno and it should pop right up for you. And then you can choose wherever you'd like to listen to this podcast from. Um, and the podcast will come up as Let's Write Steno, and then just choose where you would like to um, listen to it from. Um, if you choose Anchor, you can also become a support um, the podcast and the YouTube channel by becoming a supporter. Just go to Anchor FM, um, look for the podcast, um, Let's Write Steno, and then click on Listener Support for 99 cents. Um, let's see, anything else? To that? Oh, please subscribe to both. On my YouTube channel, I am desperately trying to get to 1,000 um, subscribers. And please help me with that by subscribing over there. The podcast is relatively new. And so it really helps me out a lot when you guys share the podcast, um, share the videos, um, like the videos, leave me comments. I always answer and I always try to oblige any requests that you have. Um, also on the podcast as well. If you cannot donate at this time, just know that by listening, you support. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Today, we are working on, as you can tell by the title, Interstate Commerce, um, the Interstate Commerce Commission. This is something that I started on the podcast. So if you're not familiar with it, please go to the podcast and get caught up over there. Um, this is part five. So please go and find episodes one, two, three, and four to get caught up. All right, let's see here want to go where we started uh, left off at uh it looks like we left off on page 88 and we left off yes and we left off with um mr Callaway is the attorney 
Um, and on the stand, we have Mr. Craig. So when I say Mr. Callaway, this is practice for you when you get out into the real world. The reason I'm doing this is so that you can have practice doing hearings because you will have to do hearings and meetings and conferences. So this will get you into the groove of that. And so I want you to be thinking along those lines um, when you hear um sometimes there may, may be some colloquy there are other attorneys here i don't know if they're going to come up soon doesn't look like it but this is the purpose of this for the q a practice and also to get familiar with doing hearings all right ready we're going to write now We'll start slowly. We'll build up. Um, I'll probably get to a crescendo and then we will start to break it back down. Um, this will be a 30 minute video. Someone asked me if I can make them a little shorter and I certainly can. So if we're starting at five in five minutes, um, we're five minutes in. So that means uh, in 35 minutes, we should be about done. Ready? Let's write it. Mr. Craig, at that hearing, at the time the case was presented, and to May 1992, the tracks from the north went completely around the city and came in on the southeastern side of the city away down probably two miles from here. Mr. Calloway, two miles from this building? Craig, no, probably two miles from the present Union Station. That was an old station, a wooden structure. And since that time, the company in connection with the Southern Railway and the Seaboard Airline, constructed a new modern terminal station that our trains now go into at a cost of about $742,000. In the location of this new station, we had in view its convenience to the business section, its convenience to the wharves, its convenience to the other transportation interests here, its convenience to the steamship lines, and its convenience to the central of Georgia. In other words, it was put at a location that was served the best interest of the Savannah patrons. Examiner Smith, is the old station still maintained at all? Craig, only as to freight. It is alongside of our freight station. Callaway, 
there is only one passenger station in Savannah for the Atlantic Coastline Railroad Company. That is the Union Station. And with relation to this federal building, the new station is about a mile to the east. Is it not? Craig, yes, sir. Callaway, and the old station was about a mile toward Craig, more than a mile in that direction. Smith, what direction is that? Craig, if I have my geography correct, I think it is southeasterly direction. Callaway, for the convenience of the city and the development of its traffic and your own traffic, you built this large new Union Station. Is that it? Callaway, there has been a change of more than a mile in Philadelphia, has there not? Craig, a mile and one-third in each direction. The same is true with Washington. I can cite the case of the Western Maryland, where they have two or three stations, and the rates are the same to each station. The same is true with the LNN in Louisville. Their Baxter Avenue station is about four and a half miles from their Union Station. And the same rates apply from both stations. Callaway, how did it happen, Mr. Craig, that the basis for the 14 miles upon which you made your charge into Savannah from Montiac was reduced to 10 and a fraction miles. Craig, the case was taken to the Railroad Commission by Georgia by Mr. Lipman and the State Railroad Commission made our road fix a rate of 25 cents between Savannah and Montiac. Callaway, do you know whether or not it was the position there that you had a uniform mileage rate fixed by the Railroad Commission of the state of Georgia through Georgia? Craig, yes, sir. Smith, Mr. Craig, is this a fair deduction from your testimony? I understand that you testified that although the mileage of your line from the South Carolina, Georgia line, and from Montiac particularly, has been reduced from what it was formerly by approximately four miles. Craig, yes, sir. Smith, that so far as you are aware, the Atlantic Coastline Railroad Company 
has voluntarily changed none of the mileage, certainly none of the interstate mileage, either inbound or outbound, and that the fares into and out of Savannah have not been increased or decreased to correspond with the exact mathematical changes in the location of the stations. Craig, that is true. And it is not true, sir. I would like to state, Mr. Examiner, that at the time that case was heard, the fare between Savannah and Montiath was $1.40. The present fare is $1. Smith, I am afraid that I stated my proposition a little carelessly. I did not mean that the fare had not been increased or decreased at all, but I meant to state that the fares have not been increased or decreased by reason of the change in the distance. I do not ask you if there was any lowering or raising in the rate, but I do ask if there has been any increase or decrease by reason of the change in the distances, and if so, if they were voluntarily made. Craig, I do not know of any. Smith, with the exception of the reduction made from Montiath, which was made under the order of the Railroad Commission of the State of Georgia, the Atlantic Coast Line Railroad Company has not put in any changed rates. In other words, it made no changes voluntarily and the change that was made to Montiath was due to the order of the Georgia Railroad Commission. Is that it? Craig, that is true, and it is not true. I am going to try to make myself clear because I want to make this case just as clear as possible. There has been no change by reason of the change in the distance. There was a reduction made in our rates brought about by the adjustment of the Railroad Commission of the state of Georgia throughout the entire territory that forced our rates down. Smith, but that has nothing to do with this. Craig, no, sir, but I wanted to make it clear. Callaway, now, Mr. Craig, at the time of the case of the Savannah Bureau of Freight and Transportation against the Charleston and Savannah, will you please state what the fare was from Charleston to Ridgeland and Savannah and the changes since that time, the interstate rates? Craig, the tariffs were as follows, 1898 
Savannah to Charleston, four dollars forty cents. Nineteen hundred, three dollars forty-five cents. Nineteen thirteen, two dollars ninety cents. Savannah to Ridgeland, eighteen ninety-eight, one dollar and forty-nine cents. Nineteen hundred, one dollar and fifteen cents. Nineteen thirteen, one dollar. That is about thirty-three and thirty-three and a half percent reduction in that time. Callaway, has there been any change in the development of the country, in the freight tonnage, and in the passenger travel, or in the lessened expense of operation since eighteen ninety-eight? that would justify less rates from Ridgeland to Savannah now than in 1898? Craig, since the former Interstate Commerce Commission decision has been rendered, the rice culture, which was then a very profitable industry in this particular section, has been practically wiped out. In the last 10 years, there has been a reduction in the acres planted of 58,160. That is a decrease of 75%. And in value, it means a reduction of $846,528. The mining of phosphate rock, which was a which was there, has been time for the rules and regulations to permeate the roads very profitable industry along this section for a number of years has given way to the Florida and Tennessee rock. Thus, the two largest industries that were in full blast 20 years ago have passed entirely out, depriving a large number of laborers of lucrative wages and forced the people to other sections. I will state that 69.2% of the entire area of South Carolina is devoted to farms. In Beaufort County, only 32% of the area is devoted to farms. Charleston, which is a very productive county, so far as cotton is concerned, has 45%, and the Colton has 55%. Taking all of the counties into consideration, this section averages about 42% of its area in farms as against 69% for the state. It is a section that has not developed and we are spending our money trying to develop it it is almost impossible to do anything with it 
until we get drainage on account of the healthfulness of the country. Callaway, do you mean to say that it is unhealthy? Craig, yes, sir, because of malaria. Callaway, your rates in 1896 under the State Railroad Commission were four cents a mile, were they? Craig, yes, sir. Callaway, what are they now? Craig, two and a half cents. Callaway, now, Mr. Craig, will you please explain briefly the mileage book system? When the mate was made and state whether or not if the cash fares were paid, as apparently they were, there has been time for the rules and regulations to permeate the road. In other words, if this was not an exception, and if it was done, it was because the conductor did not understand the rules and regulations. Mr. Craig, this question of South Carolina mileage has just been before the Interstate Commerce Commission, and they rendered a decision which is familiar to you. In view of the state law of South Carolina, we were compelled to withdraw that book from use locally in South Carolina. The Georgia Commission recently promulgated an order and put into effect practically the same regulations which are in effect in South Carolina, which forces the carrier from our point of view to withdraw from the interchangeable mileage books from Georgia. Now, Mr. Lipman knew that the local fare from Ridgeland to Savannah was $1. He paid 65 cents to Montiat in an endeavor to get the tariff rate. The conductor was at fault and it was against his tariff instructions to accept that interstate passenger from Monteith to Savannah without collecting an excess of 15 cents that is allowed by the Georgia Commission, which would make the fare 40 cents from Monteith into Savannah. Smith, the 25 cents which is allowed, Craig, yes sir, and 15 cents. Beckett, I thought you said that there was no ticket agent at Monteith. Craig, that is right. It would mean a readjustment of our entire tariffs from points north and south of Savannah. It would mean the reduction of every rate we have from points south of Savannah and practically every rate north of Savannah. It would mean approximately $152 to $200,000 reduction in revenues of the Atlantic Coastline Railroad Company. Callaway per year, Craig per annual. Smith, Mr. Craig, have you any idea of the cost of the rep republication of the tariffs involved? Craig, 
that would be a very expensive proposition outside of the loss of the revenue, but the loss of the revenue would be the controlling factor, Callaway, and the continuing factor, Craig, and the continuing factor, yes, sir. It would involve all our rates, all our traffic between North and South. Smith, is it possible for you to give me an approximation of the cost of republication? Mr. Clark, it would be five or $6,000 for printing without taking into consideration the clerical work. Callaway, what do you think it would cost aside from the printing, Mr. Clark? Clark, I think it would be at least $10,000, the printing and electrical work. Callaway, is there anything further you desire to state? Craig, I would like to state that that road has been practically rebuilt and laid with 85-pound steel rails, ballasted with gravel. The bridges have been reconstructed, and they are getting a fine service. And it is at the expense of the thorough travel, the through business, and during all that time, the rates have been reducing. Callaway, just another question. It was stated that the Southern Railway, in some reports to the South Carolina Commission, stated the distance between Hardyville and Savannah. Please refer to the Interstate Commerce Commission tariff and state what they show. Craig, I refer to ICC number 2965 of the Southern Railway, page 30 showing the distance 25.1 Hardyville to Savannah. Callaway, is there anything further you desire to say? Craig, I do not think so. Cross-examination. Beckett, the distance between Charleston and Savannah was 115 miles when the Gulf Line was first built. Craig, yes, sir. Beckett, and that included a loop of three or four miles around the city of Savannah. Craig, yes, sir. Beckett, and that was to accommodate the railroad with its terminal facilities on the wharf, wasn't it? in connection with shipping Mr. Craig, no sir that was the Bolton Street Depot Beckett, that was called the Bolton Street Depot was it? or the Liberty Street Depot Craig, I mean the Liberty Street Depot Callaway Bolton and Liberty Streets intersect at that place, don't they? Craig, yes, sir. Beckett, does this map represent that old line? Craig, yes, sir. Beckett, and it was in order to accommodate shipping 
at that time that had no wharfage facilities above the central Craig. We have not now, Beckett. The central wharf was the first railroad wharf ever built in Georgia, wasn't it, Craig? I think so, Beckett. That railroad was constructed by General Gordon and was the first railroad in Georgia. Isn't that true? Craig, no, not the first railroad in Georgia, but it was one of the first. Beckett, well, it was the only railroad that had terminals here near the Gulf Railroad, wasn't it? Craig, yes, sir, that is right. Beckett, that was was why I asked you if it wasn't in order to give wharfage facilities with the old Gulf Line that your road went around the city to the river. Craig, I could not tell you that. I was not connected with the road then and you remember that they had a line out here indicating on the map and out south in that direction indicating on the map towards Jackson Avenue. Smith, now the point of the jurisdiction or junction to which the witness refers is marked on this map between, quote, Jackson, close quote, and, quote, Savannah Lumber Company, close quote. Hello, are you interested in starting your own podcast? I think Anchor FM is the best. Here's why. With easy and fast setup, you'll be a pro in podcasting right out the gate. There is no additional equipment to buy because you can podcast right from your phone, your laptop, or your desktop computer. Anchor has great editing features such as music and even splitting your podcast in sections. And Anchor does all the distribution for you to Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google, and more. And the best part about Anchor is you can make money with no minimum listening audience. So, download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started.